We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Eight seconds. Dotson. Good deep by Hunt. Gibson, corner three is short, and the preseason is in the books. Knicks close with a 3-1 and one record. Robinson, the big performance tonight with 20 points and 12 rebounds, and now we can say it's on to the real thing Wednesday in Memphis, Tennessee. Okie dokie. Let the real basketball begin, please. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm sufficiently hyped up after the Knicks have played three teams that are not very good and don't, in particular, don't shoot it very well, um, or at least didn't shoot it very well when they played these teams. Uh, different animal coming on Wednesday night in the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Knicks win. Knicks finished the preseason at three and one. They look good tonight. I would, you could probably say in some respects, this was their most impressive looking performance. Um, a lot of good stuff, some not so good stuff. We'll get into all of it. I would have loved to start off this post game with uh, the guy who should be the lead story, and that's Mitchell Robinson, because my goodness gracious, what a game that Mitch had, uh, in addition to a couple other Knicks who had nice games. But uh, we got to start, unfortunately, with um, an injury that we don't know anything about the severity of. But Obi Toppin, when he was attempting a three pointer uh, in the second half, was kind of. The video showed nonchalantly backpedaling on his on his three, taking a couple hops, and then hopped right onto a fan's foot in the front row. Uh, stayed in the game for a bit, went to the bench. He was working with some of the stretch bands, and then he went back to the locker room. Obviously, hope he's okay. Um, but you know, 
he's a young player. The Knicks are typically cautious with injuries, or at least they have been under, uh, you know, over the last few years. Uh, and I was sitting there on my couch as they announced that Obi Toppin had gone back to the locker room. And I was thinking to myself, after Jalen Brunson, like, is Obi Toppin in the conversation for the Knicks most next most indispensable player? Uh, I mean, the crazy thing is it's like, you know, you probably have to throw in Julius Randle, too. But, you know, Julius Randle is frustrating to many of us, although he f- just finished off an absolutely exemplary preseason. So we have absolutely no reason to complain about Julius Randle right now. Um, but, yeah, after Brunson, I mean, Randle and Toppin, you could argue, although I guess maybe Mitch is shoving himself into that conversation, too, in terms of the most indispensable Knicks, because as good as R.J. Barrett is and as good as like any other wing or, or guard is that you, you want to name, you can there are at least players that you can slot in and you can go to <laughs> thank you andrew puts up why do you hate the indispensable rj barrett john um you want to say rj is more indispensable than, than ob that's fine especially the way he's been shooting in the preseason we're going to get to that too but yeah i mean like they need a backup four and if ob is going to be out for that first game i mean what are they going to do uh, we were talking about a little bit pre-show and, and Andrew was like, maybe that's how Cam gets into the rotation on opening night. And I'm not so sure, Andrew Claudio, because you know who's waiting by the bat phone. I don't know where he is. Where is he living these days? Andrew would know better than me because no one, st- <laughs> no one stands Carmelo Anthony like Andrew Claudio. This is how I win. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? What do you think Melo's bat phone looks like? I don't know. Um, no, all, all kidding aside, I think if I hope Obi plays, I, at this point we have no reason to believe he won't play. Um, you know, but anytime a player goes back to the locker room, you got to at least uh, take it seriously. <clears throat> I'd be fascinated. Uh, I'd be un- unhappy if he didn't play, but at the same time, I'd be fascinated to see what they would do because the games are going to matter now and. Uh, you know, I don't want to crap on Cam Reddish at the beginning of the postgame pod because I, I just been there, done that. Uh, nothing has changed in this preseason game. He looked the same as he did in the previous three. Uh, not not good. Um, I, I just can't fathom him getting minutes for a team coached by Tom Thibodeau that is intending on doing everything they can to win a game on Wednesday against Memphis. But hopefully we don't have to cross that bridge. Uh, Let's talk about Mitch. Mitchell Robinson was. I'm really happy he had this game. And we should say the stat line 20 points, 9 of 12 shooting, 12 rebounds, 9 on the offensive glass. Eight of those were in the first half. He also had a couple of blocks and a couple of really nice steals. Uh, looking like Nerland's Noel there on a couple of possessions on the defensive end uh, with those swipey hands. I'm really happy he had this game because I think I wrote after the last preseason game, the one against Indiana in Indiana. I think I, I said and I wrote that I thought Mitchell Robinson was arguably the most consistent Nick through three preseason games. And tonight he was, I think, arguably the best Nick. Um, you know, I was thinking about it. I didn't tweet anything about it, but I, I will say it now. It's not as simple as that. I've, I got to the point before this preseason started where I took Mitchell Robinson for granted or I took what he did for granted. And it's not as it's it's an oversimplification to say that he became like an afterthought in my mind. But when he signed the contract, which was a 
a contract, as we've said all summer long, it's a contract that's signed to be traded. It's declining in value, you know, uh, for a, a guy that has a very translatable skill set to any team that just has their big men, uh, you know, kind of play in that role, protect the rim, you know, run to the rim on the other end. And so I, I, I didn't spend nearly enough time. This is my my fault. Spending enough time thinking about Mitchell Robinson's role as part of the core of this team moving forward, and that's a slight to Mitch, and that's a bad job by me and anyone else who may may have done the same thing. Um, again, and it's tough because he he has a limited skill set, but the skills that he has are so freaking good. And you can make the argument at this point, as Tibbs said before the game or after the game the other day, yeah, I think you could say he's the best offensive rebounder in the league. And I think you can say with a straight face that he's the best rim protector in the league. All due respect to Rudy Gobert. Um, and Rudy Rudy does other things. Bam Adebayo does other things. I'm not saying he's the best defensive center in the league. But in terms of the specific skill of deterring and blocking shots at the rim. I think it's like him and Gobert. You want to throw Rob Williams in there in that, in that conversation, obviously Embiid is a special player too, but again, he does other things on, on defense as a center. Um, Bam has a whole skill set that I'm sure he'll get a defensive player of the year at some point, but like Mitch is just what he does. He does really well. And the complaint about him for four years now has never been him when he's at his best, it's been how often can he be at his best and how lackadaisical is he when he's not at his best? Cause it's just been the same, seems like the same show for four years and you could blame some of that on injury, but it's just, there's never been the consistency game to game, week to week, month to month. You know, it's four preseason games, but man, again, most consistent Nick, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so you never know how guys are going to react to getting paid. Maybe this is how he reacts. So that would be, that would be great. Um, after Mitch, we could go in one of a couple directions. I'll go Brunson because Brunson had a couple rough shooting games and it was just nice to see him hit shots. Uh, three of five from behind the arc, 10 of 16 overall, 27 points on 16 shots. That'll play five assists, four rebounds. Um, just, I, I, again, I feel like I don't need to talk about Jalen Brunson because Jalen Brunson is just going to be a metronome for this team and he's going to be so consistent every night. That was great to see RJ Barrett, uh, 19 points on 13 shots. Again, you love the efficiency so far. Um, had a couple, couple two pointer shots that maybe weren't great, but four for seven behind the arc. He finishes the preseason shooting above 50% from deep and shooting above 50% from deep on decent volume. And man, I was DMing uh, someone before who I'm sure will be uh, coming with a super chat at some point if I had to guess. I I think RJ's three-point shooting might be a bellwether for this starting lineup because I feel like we know what we're going to get from Mitch. We know what we're going to get from Brunson. Whether it's Fournier or, or, or Grimes, I don't really even care. I think we know what we're going to get from that position. Um, at both ends. And, and this is going to sound crazy. I kind of feel like at this point, and this is probably the next guy we should talk about. I kind of feel like we know what we're going to get from Julius Randle, who has been, again, has to be repeated, 
everything we could have asked for in the preseason. He finishes tonight, didn't shoot it well, but I thought because he missed all five of his threes. And that's going to be the difference for Julius when he has great games, when he has just like mediocre games. He missed all five of his threes. I didn't think they were bad shots. He just didn't didn't make them. And that's going to be important. And you, you want to tell me like his shooting is going to be about weather? I guess. Um, but I'm curious to see how he how often he goes to the three point shot, because I don't think he's going to need to go to the three point shot nearly as much as like Barrett has to hit the threes and, and he has to take them willingly. And he's done both this this preseason. And if he's going to hit him, not at 50 percent, but if he's going to hit him at above 40 percent on real volume, this offensive starting lineup becomes really difficult to guard. Um, in a weird way, even though they're not like the perfect complexion of NBA skills, the way the game is played today, I think they're going to become really hard to guard because when you throw in Brunson's ability to make threes, and that's the thing, RJ Barrett, the, the Knicks couldn't hit the far side of a barn tonight outside of RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson. They were the only players for the Knicks tonight who hit any threes until Deuce McBride hit a meaningless one with, I think, about a minute to go. The Knicks finished tonight 8 of 33 from downtown. They weren't even 25% from deep. And the fact that they still won this game going away and look pretty good doing it, I think that's a good sign. Um, anyway, Brunson's going to hit his th- his threes, uh, certainly off the catch. Fournier will do that, or Grimes, if Grimes starts. And I think RJ, if he's going to do it, it's just so important. Um all right, let's touch on Grimes and, and Fournier quick, and then I guess the bench, and then we'll go on to the Super Chats. I, I At this point, I, I guess it's not that I'm not interested in who starts a shooting guard because Thibodeau clearly gave Grimes a couple of runs there with the with the starters to probably see how he looked. I think it's going to be Fournier. I'm fine with that. I would not be surprised in the least if Fournier starts and Grimes closes. A lot of games. Obviously, exceptions will happen if Fournier is having a very good game or if Grimes is having a poor game. Like, But that's kind of what I would expect moving forward. Um, or if Grimes isn't closing games, maybe someone else who's having a good game that comes off the bench uh, closes games. Like, yeah, Grimes is rusty. He missed both of his shots. I don't care. Um, I, I that's, that's a topic that bears watching. And then the bench, I'm not... I'm not getting worked up over the bench. I was a little hard on quickly after the last game. I'm not going to be hard on him again. He's not hitting shots right now. Um, I think, you know, you look back to the beginning of last season when he was, went through that stretch, maybe not at the very beginning, but early on in last season, and I'll end with this and then we'll, we'll go to the super chats. When he was playing like he was unsure of himself, when he was trying to be too much of a point guard, I think early on um, and it just wasn't working for him. There was like a 20, 30 game stretch and it was really affecting his shooting. It looked like he kind of had his confidence, you know, jostled a little bit. I don't know if that's what we're seeing the last couple of games is him again, kind of continuing to try to adjust to what he knows is going to be a bigger role because that's the other thing I was paying attention to tonight. The first guy off the bench actually was Hartenstein. Um, Hartenstein. I'm going to get this right by the pre, by the regular season. Hartenstein uh, was the first guy off the bench in the first half, and then it was quickly and Obi. And then in the second half, I'm pretty sure it was quickly was the first guy off the bench. Quickly is going to play a lot of minutes. I think he knows he's going to play a lot of minutes. I think he's going to play more minutes than Derrick Rose. I think he's going to play more minutes than any bench player, with the possible exception of of Quentin Grimes. Um, 
So I don't know. I, I maybe he's he's feeling a little bit of pressure trying to live up to the hype. The point is, I'm not worried about his shooting. I think his shooting's gonna be fine. I think he's gonna be fine. Um, not worried about him. And that's really it. Um, you know, rough shooting game for the bench. Nobody really hit shots, but they, you know, still won the game. Still look good overall. And that is about all I have to say about that. I'm looking forward to Wednesday. I'll be. I don't know if there's a line yet on Wednesday's game, Andrew. If you want to look, well, well, I'm taking the super chats. If there's a betting line for Wednesday's game, I'll be curious what that is. But uh, let's get it going. Let's see what people have to talk about. Of course, we start with the one and the only Robert Cross. Is it fair and reasonable to say? Oh boy. How did I know it was going to start about this player? Money Mitch will be an all-star this year. <laughs> hashtag value contract. Uh, hashtag trade cutlets. That's a new one. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, before I answer that question, I'll say that Andrew and I completely off the cuff and not planned, not went through the Knicks entire schedule at the tail end of today's Patreon episode that we recorded, but like we went through like how the Knicks will do against essentially every team in the league. Um, and man, if this team wins 53 games, Robert, I, I'm, I'll, what did I say? I'll, I think I said something along these lines last episode. I'll fly to San Diego and I'll, I'll, I don't know, take you out for drinks. Man, for I, I, of all the different accolades Mitchell Robinson could get, I think. I would not. I would not bet on All Star. I think he could be in the conversation for an All Defense team, but that's that's tough because there's just so many really elite defensive centers in the league, and like I know Jared Allen made it for the for the Cavs last year, and like in my core, I believe that Mitchell Robinson is a better player than Jared Allen. Um, I can't. I I can't get there. Not yet. I can't. Check back with me in a few weeks. How about that? Um, oh, thank you, Andrew. The Knicks are currently plus six in Memphis on Wednesday. That seems fair. Plus 235 money line. Hmm. I like that. I like the. I think I like the money line bet more than I do the plus six. Yeah, I like that bet. That's pretty good. Uh, Jeremy E., what's going on, Jeremy? One takeaway from this game is they still need to move off of Randall. I hope Obi is okay. I thought Randall was fine. I know he didn't hit shots, but I thought he was. I thought he was okay. I thought he. Again, I thought his decision making was good. Um, didn't think he over dribbled that much. I thought he made fairly quick decisions. I I I can't I can't look. You, you guys know me. I I'll get, uh, any excuse to get on Julius Randle. I will because I really just still have a bad taste in my mouth from last season. But I think he's been good this preseason. I think he's been as good as he could be. I'll, I'll, let me say that. Let's talk about a backhanded compliment. Um, but one thing, you know, for me, my biggest question going into the summer, or my second biggest question, maybe going into the summer, was whether they would move off of Randall. And I think moving forward, that might probably does remain my biggest question is if his value rebounds and if some team around the league is like, okay, this guy, we, we trust him again. We trust him to be a good 
you know, good, good player on the contract that he's on a contract. That's going to probably look better as the years go by. Um, and a team is willing to give up a real thing for him. But I still can't see them ever moving him just to move him. Not, I just, I, I'd be surprised. That's all I'll say. I'd be, I'd be surprised at this point. Uh, Drew P. What's going on, Drew? Brunson looked great. RJ shot is real. Mitch, dot, dot, dot. He doesn't even have the words for Mitch. I don't have the words for Mitch either. Mitch is awesome. Um, yeah, Brunson's a man. Brunson's so good. I love watching Jalen Brunson. He's, as I've been saying, uh, Robert with another one. First time, long time, John. Of course. I'm off to Vegas for a value bet on RJ for most improved player, most improved player and the wins over. Um, definitely take the wins over. I like the wins over. Do you think they are a dark horse for the <laughs> for the Eastern Conference Finals? Um, let me list. Let me list the dark, like the the most probable dark horses to the like dark horse things the Knicks could do. Most probable, the Knicks are a dark horse to be a top six seed, which is a polite way of saying a dark horse to be the sixth seed. Is there a universe in which I could see them being the sixth seed? Sure. Um, next most, like this is now lower in probability would be the Knicks win a playoff series, which man, Robert, if you can get, what odds would you have to give me? Andrew, I want you to chime on this. What odds would you have to get to bet the Knicks to win a play, not a play-in game or two playing games, to win a playoff series in the year of our Lord uh, 2023? Jeez. Um, uh, plus, it can't be too insane because every, yeah. any team is a threat to make a trade. So it's like, Whether that's the that's literally the take the the spin zone I was going to try and make is that if you're telling me that the Knicks like trade for somebody that becomes available because some teams are punting to try and get Victor, then yeah, it could be. And we're talking playoff series, right? Series. Oh, you'd have to. Listen, I'm the optimistic Knicks fan that thinks they're going to win 45 games. They're not winning a playoff series this season. They're just so plus plus 2000. I'd rather keep my hundred bucks. Okay. I'd rather keep like whatever you're putting down as your vig. I'm I'm just go buy a meal. Take your, <laughs> take your significant other out for dinner. Like I, I I'm the, I am high on this Knicks team. I just I'm high on them trying as hard as they can to get to the middle, and then we we recalibrate next season when the next star becomes available. There you go. Thank you for chiming in. I appreciate you're it. welcome. I have already speaking of optimistic Knicks fan. I already hammered that money line for Wednesday's game. Let's go. Oh, did you? Yes. Listen, it's you're getting those types of odds. I like it. Two well, plus two. Yeah. I, I'd like it better if it was like plus two fifty, but so I'll take plus two thirty. Fanduel's two ten. Which John, you're still getting two to one. I'd like two and a half to one more. All right. Yeah. Why do you hate the Knicks, John? <laughs> <laughs> next, next question, please. I can't. I can't talk about this anymore. Dan, oh, what's going on, Dan? Uh, Dan Hidalgo asks or says. Once Mitch gets a couple easy looks, his game opens up. Mitch is so, but yes, I agree with you. I but I do think part of what Mitch needs to continue to improve on is like regardless, like the bet. Like you could probably say 
10 different things about like the best players in the league do this. But I do think like the best players in the league, whether they're having a good game or a bad game, it's like the, the Tiger Woods thing. It's like, put the last shot out of your mind, focus on the next shot. And the reason Tiger was, was very good for a very long time is he did that better than anyone. And I think the best NBA players do that better than anyone. Um, and I think sometimes Mitch, if like, like you, you for years now, you've been able to take him out of his game. So I think this kind of relates to that. I know it's not what you're saying. You're just saying like, just get him, you know, let him see the ball go through the basket a few times and it'll like kind of get him going and get him motivated. I, I completely agree. But what I, what I feel like I like what I've seen about him this preseason is his approach on every defensive possession has been unwavering to me. And again, these games don't count. So I, I almost feel like it's even more of a positive because the games don't count. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good comment. It's a really good comment. Um, and I, I don't disagree at all. Uh, next up, Forgotten NYC. What's going on, man? Where is Crow RJ? Hashtag all star. Hashtag 37% from three. We're only going 37%? No. I don't know where I don't know where he is. He's in one of these cabinets. I'll I'll find him. Unless my wife threw him out. Because I know the crow has has scared at least one of the Macri children, and po- probably both of the Macri children. I think my wife may have hid the crow. Um, King R- King Jr. The Knicks have a point guard. Um, RJ looks to continue to build on last year. This season is going to be fun. That's all I want. I just want a fun season. I just really, I just I I can't do another season like last year. I just don't have it in me. Um, so if this is a fun year, if this is a fun 41-42 win team, just sign me all the way up. And I think I think it will be fun in part, in large part, in largest part, for the two reasons that you mentioned. I think Brunson and Brunson and Barrett. I I think here's a good here's a good parlor parlor game. By the end of this season, RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson will rank as the what number duo in the NBA? Like, is there a chance? Is there a chance that they will be a top 15 duo in the NBA? Is that insane? Um, You know, will they be top 20? Is that reasonable to predict that they will be top 20? Like where those two end up, I think it's just it, it's you could argue that right along with the Randall thing, it's the most fascinating conversation that you could have about this team. Um, by the way, uh, Tibbs said afterwards that Obi Toppin tweaked his ankle and he's getting checked out right now. So no real news. But like because if if you if you can make an argument for those guys as a top half of the league duo by the end of the year, then I think you could make this an, an, a, a corresponding argument that the Knicks are one star away from being at least a fringe contender contender if it's the right star. Um, so we'll see. Cologne Loring, Taj Gibson and Kristaps Porzingis will be top three. <laughs> That's a fantastic comment. <laughs> oh man. It was, I miss seeing the, the big, the big goofball um, out there on the court tonight. KP um, in all of his KP-ness. Uh Kevin Danishevsky. 
Uh, what's going on, Kev? Long time no talk. Preseason overreactions. Number one, Jalen Brunson is an all-star. I couldn't tell if you meant all-star or you misspelled ass by leaving one S off. I'm, ha- I'm happy I, I got it right. Uh, will Jalen Brunson be an all-star this year? Man. Here's the thing. If you pick Jalen Brunson for all-star, you're not picking RJ Barrett for all-star because the Knicks are not getting... Well... No, I'm trying to think. The Cavs got two All Stars last year. One was an injury replacement, and they were arguably and Allen was pro- arguably the last guy out made that made the team. What place were they in? I feel like they were sixth at the time that the All Star voting ended. Um, no, the Knicks are not getting two All Stars this year. What am I fucking crazy? Um, the point is, if you're picking Brunson for All-Star, you're probably not picking RJ for All-Star. I think Brunson's the more likely of the two. I think some people would disagree with me. But uh, number two, RJ will hit 200 threes. You know, I like that one. I, stealth, stealth RJ Barrett coming for uh, to be the third Nick ever with 200 th- made three-pointers in the season. Um, three, Mitch will be in the def- all-defense combo. And number four, um, Isaiah Hardenstein will start slow, but he will be fine. I so the thing about Hartenstein starting slow because I think I've seen a few people say something of that ilk because um, he's hasn't popped as much and the the threes haven't haven't fallen the last couple of games. I think so much of Hartenstein's gonna get it right. Hartenstein's value um, is that he makes others around him better in particular on offense by how he operates on offense. And I think that chemistry takes time to develop. So I don't know if it's that it's him that will start slow, but I do believe that the chemistry between the backups will take time to develop. Now the backups played with cam in the first half. So I don't like part of me wants, and they played with the uh, cam in the, uh, in the last game. So I, part of me wants to discount, their performance a little bit for that reason. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's going to start that slow. I think they'll work out the Kings pretty quick. That's so I'm, I'll disagree with that last one. So we'll see. Uh, CJ Cervantes. What's going on, CJ? Boy, am I glad the Wizards drafted before us. Taco Bell looked extra soggy tonight, man. I was doing, as you guys know, anybody who subscribes to the newsletter, I do my like prospect reviews like one a week for I don't know, a month or two months before the draft. And I did one on Johnny Davis. And I came away after like watching a few of his games and just looking at the numbers and being like, so this guy over the second, like he came out of nowhere, had a great first, I don't know, whatever number of games he had. And then over the second half of the college basketball season, continued to take a lot of really, really difficult shots and really difficult mid-range shots. That's the thing. A lot of difficult mid-range shots and wasn't making them at the college level. Not a great athlete. Not a dead-eye three-point shooter, um, either off the catch or off the bounce. And I was like, man, if there's a guy in this range that has bust potential, and I think it says something that like in a league where you're always like that feels like teams are always looking for where can I find shot creation? Where can I find shot creation? Where can I find efficient shot creation? Where can I find efficient shot creation? That this dude 
was probably not even arguably was the best shot creator in college basketball for the first half of the season. And he still fell to 10th. That says a lot that said a lot to me. And I am. Yes, I am happy. The Knicks did not end up with Johnny Davis, but we'll see. It's only been four preseason games and summer league, but none of that has been very good. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup, no dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never-ending. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals, and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready, and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar Yukon mash and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time not existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low calorie options, cold pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. 
Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Matt from Down Under, Aussie Knicks fan. RJ and Brunson are our two best players. No argument there. I don't think anyone would give you an argument on that. And I'm so excited to watch them this season. Lock them both into finishing top three and most improved player. I've seen enough. Fire emoji. Has there ever been two players to finish in the top three and most improved from the same team? I don't think so. I'm pretty... I, it would have to go back to like the early 90s or the 80s. Um, I don't think that's ever been the case. Certainly t- two from the same team to finish in... Um, two of the top three in, in six man that happened at least once recently with the Clippers and maybe multiple times. Uh, oh yeah. And with Utah, it happened with Utah, uh, what, two years ago with Ingles and, uh, and, uh, Clarkson. I'm going far afoul of this question. I don't know about both. Um, I could see both getting votes. Um, I could see both getting votes of the two. You could tell me five different Knicks got votes for most improved. You could tell me Mitch. You could tell me Mitchell Robinson gets a lot of votes for most improved player, and um, I would I would believe you. And uh, quite frankly, after how he's played in this preseason, I don't know. He's go- he was his numbers were very gaudy though last year, and he's like, yeah, no. So it probably won't be Mitch, but I think RJ is the bet. I think RJ is the bet because I think even if Brunson makes an all-star team, there I could see him finishing in the top three, but I don't think he'd win it because I think people would ultimately be like, he he's doing all the same things he did in Dallas. He's just getting more minutes and a bigger role. And I think that would prevent him from winning it. I think RJ's path is also tough because he, again, he averaged 20 points a game last season and his, his efficiency would need to go up considerably. And I don't know. I don't know that I see that. And, and the team would have to win a lot and they'd have to win a lot with him playing like a massive role. Like, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I personally, I would not place either of those bets, Um, but they're also not nuts. So we'll see. Uh, Renix, first super chat. Thank you for joining the party. We appreciate the contribution very much. Um, you guys are the best. Oh, I love these super chats. Thank you. Uh, can't wait for the season and following the content you guys put out. Keep up the good work. Um, thank you very much. We, I appreciate that. I can't believe this is now the my gosh, my lord. This is the fifth season that I will be doing these post games. Um, they didn't start until after the All Star break during the 17 win debacle of a season. That's when they started. And then, um, yeah, kept going from there. What a, what a wild time. Hush Zoo. What's going on, Hush? Cam has no one to blame but himself. Ah, oh, we're coming after Cam with this one. Was given a golden opportunity and fumbled it as fumbled it is what it is what it is. Um, 
Everyone looks great. Can't wait for more Grimes minutes. Yeah, I, I can't wait for more Grimes minutes. I'm, I'm not worried about Grimes at all. It's early, but every new contract is great. Yeah, completely agree. I think um, the team look, looks great. for The front office looks great in terms of how they approached the offseason and what they did. As far as Cam, I mean... It is, it is evident because like he could poo poo the like, oh, I never made a trade request or whatever. Like Berman clarified that several times like that. And like, I don't care what the, what the specifics of it. The, the fact is that Cam would like to be in a situation where he can I can't I can't believe I, we continue having to say this where he gets an opportunity to have a starring role for him to have that viewpoint and to it does not seem like he has budged off of that viewpoint at all um is just it's not strange I would I wish I could say it's strange it's not strange though because we've seen you know, we've seen a ton of guys come through the league and they think they're stars and they never adjust their games. And then before they know it, they're out of the league. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Cam, but it's just kind of it's ironic that the reason he can't get time on this particular club is that there's a guy in front of him and Quentin Grimes who was literally faced with the exact same situation as Cam Reddish is faced with right now, except instead of being faced with it after his third or second, whatever you want to say, NBA season, Quentin Grimes was faced with it after very early on in his first college season when he was a top 10 recruit, you know, top five in somebody's, some got people's eyes. And it was very clear that it was not going to happen at Kansas. So he could have gone in any number of directions. He transferred to Houston. And Houston told him, you're going to be a three and D guy. And you know what he said? Okay. And he's done everything in his power to perfect that role over the last now three plus years. And is it too late for Cam to do that? I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, but that's what he's going to need to do. Because there's like what, again, what team is going to give him the usage and minutes that he desires? Uh, I, I don't know where that team is. Um, Anthony Six, though. What's going on, Anthony? RJ's three looks better and real. Completely agree. I love the way it looks. Mitch looked more coordinated and controlled. Uh, coordination. Good word for what he... Yeah, that's on point. 100%. He does look very coordinated. And again, it's not that we haven't seen him look coordinated before, but it, the consistency. That's the key. Brunson is fun to watch. Hashtag... Lightning and Lightning and Brunder. Hashtag Reverend Brun. I like Reverend Brun. Lightning and Brunder? I don't know if I could get behind that. Reverend Brun, I like. I like Reverend Brun. What about Brun DMC? But we do we we don't have anybody with those those initials. Um do we? 
No, I don't think so. Robert Cross, back for more. Is it fair and reasonable to say, no, it's not fair and reasonable to say, Robert, uh, that RJ will be better than Spida in two years? God, Robert, why do you do this to me? <laughs> Hashtag evergreen. You got that right. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not putting any ceilings on RJ Barrett. I'm not, I'm not putting any ceilings on him. He just keeps getting better. And he's 22 years old. And if we keep saying the same thing, that he keeps getting better, and he gets better from 22 to 23, and 23 to 24, and 24 to 25, and 25 to 26, well, 26 to 30 or 26 to 31, whatever you want to say, for most players, that's their that's the prime of their career. Or 26 to 29, whatever. So if we have... You know, one, two, three, four more years of improvement before he even gets to his prime, if it's steady and if it's consistent. Yeah, I'm not I'm not putting I'm not answering your question. <laughs> I'm not putting any ceilings on him. <laughs> That's for sure. Forgotten NYC. I'm already sold on Brunson. Nothing else to say. I'm so happy to hear these things about Jalen Brunson from a lot of people. And I feel like and again, this is not anybody's fault, but I just I just kind of took Brunson for like the second he signed here. I'm like, okay, great. I know what this is going to be. The thing, here's the thing that complicated things with, with Brunson for me is the Mitchell, the Donovan Mitchell pursuit, because I just, I wondered, because all of the questions that came with like, well, how far are the Knicks going to go with a backcourt of like two small guys, one of which is a very poor defender in Donovan Mitchell, although he has the tools to be a better defender. And another of which in Brunson is just, He's he's not a large man. He's he's thick, but he's not tall. And you saw like tonight when Bradley Beal took him into the post, like he was nothing. Like that will rear its head sometimes. Um, but I think the whole Mitchell thing kind of dulled my enthusiasm for the Brunson signing. Not because I didn't, I thought Brunson was like not as good or anything, but I just I was like, all right, well, if they get Mitchell, I guess Brunson's not going to have as big of a role here. Um, because you can only have two backcourt guys with so big of a role on the same team. Although I guess we'll see in Cleveland. Um, anyway, but like, he's just, he makes every, like he makes so many tough shots. He was 10 of 16 tonight, scored 27 points. He got to the line four times, made three of five from deep. He blends on and off ball so well. And he does all the little things and he fights so hard on defense. He's just, it's top 50 NBA player right now without question. And I think that's, I think that's too low. I think you could, I think there's an argument that he's a top 40 player. That's what I think. Um, Frank sound Randall willing to adapt was a major takeaway. In my opinion, uh, there we go. We got some Randall love here. I'm happy we got it because he deserves it. He was good tonight and he was good all four games. And I killed Randall. All offseason and most of last season. And if he's going to be good, I'm going to say he's good. Again, he was only three for 11 from the field. I thought he, I thought he was three for 10. It just went up to three, 11, three for 11. I think they, they gave him another field goal attempt. Um, not perfect, but it's, I'll stay consistent because what I've always said, if you're Julius Randle, you can miss shots and that's okay. 
how are you approaching the game? How are you doing everything else? Are you trying your hardest? Are you doing the things that you're supposed to be doing on offense? If you miss shots, so be it. I'll live with it. And I will. Good comment. Jamie Lee. What's going on, Jamie? Bench unit got a solid plan A, but lacks in plan B. So, I don't... Here's the thing. I think the bench unit works best when Derek Rose is in and when Derek Rose is initiating the offense. Because Derek Rose is still the one guy in that bench unit who can, you know, as he did tonight, in a really, really nice, his, I think he made one field goal. Yeah, it was really pretty. Um, you know, we could still break down defense and, and everybody plays off of that. And uh, Derek Rose had a beautiful dime to, I forget if it was Hardenstein or um, Toppin, but someone for like a very easy basket, you know, and I think quickly plays better off of Rose and the whole thing. You know, you take Rose out of it. I think it's just a little harder for them. I think they could still be really good. And I think once, Heart gets going and, you know, Obi gets at it. And like, that's the other part of it. Like, quickly does need to make shots, I think, for the bench to to work. And one other thing I'll say on the bench, I thought it was interesting that he opened the fourth quarter, Tibbs did, with RJ um, and quickly Hart, Obi, and who am I forgetting? Quickly Hart, Obi, and uh, Rose. I thought that was interesting. And I wonder how much RJ, because here's the thing. And again, I, I've gone back to this a few times in the preseason, but like in this starting unit, I do think RJ is just going to be asked to spot up a lot because if he's, especially if he's hitting the spot ups and I think the offense is going to run through Brant, uh, Brunson primarily and I think the offense is going to continue to run to a certain extent through Julius Randle. And RJ is going to continue to get his drives and all that. But like in terms of really kind of directing the offense a little bit more, I, I wonder if those opportunities are going to come more for RJ when he's with the bench. Um, and might that help the bench unit with what they do? I don't know. Something, something I want to be looking at moving forward. How many minutes a game does RJ play with the bench? Something we should start tracking. And Kevin Danishevsky with one more. Cam to China. Oh my God. Can't even read this out loud. Cam to China. I hope the Lakers want him. I just like. What happens if they go to Memphis and he doesn't get off the bench? Because I don't think he's going to. Like, what then? You know, and then Tibbs is going to get asked about it after the game, whether they win or lose. And he's going to sit up there and he's going to say, well, you know, we need everybody. And Cam's is still an important part of this team. And, you know, he's situational right now, but that could change because things always change and guys get injured and blah, blah, blah. And all the things Tim says. But the, the fact will remain that he will be out of the rotation. And then the Knicks have a guy that they just traded a first round pick for who is out of the rotation. And how long does that last? And what do they do about it? I don't know. I don't know. D 
Dean Bushel, what's going on, Dean? It's great to see you. Been a lovely Saturday morning here in Oz. I hope so. John, will you backtrack on your 43 and 39 call? I will not. I will not. And uh, Dean, I would urge you to listen to the end of the Patreon pod that came out today. We, again, I think this team would do very well to win 43 games. Um, and it has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with them, and it has everything to do with the fact that the way the league is structured right now, there are so many teams that have essentially gone all in. Like, again, just consider that there are two teams in Cleveland and Atlanta who really did make their versions of all-in trades this summer for Murray and, and, and Donovan Mitchell. And those teams are pegged to finish 7th and 8th in some order in the East. And the teams that are immediately ahead of them on most people's bingo cards, I think, would be Brooklyn and Miami or Toronto. And like again, Brooklyn, all in. Miami between the Butler extension and the extended hero and they're out, you know, some picks like not all in, but like mostly so many teams are playing for the now Minnesota is playing for the now the Clippers obviously are playing for the now the fucking Lakers can't even probably get in the top eight in the playoffs are playing for the now um, all of these teams are playing for the now. It's going to be hard to beat those teams. And there's like 18 of those teams in the league. So if there's like 18 of those teams in the league. And on the other end, yes, you have these teams that are trying very hard to lose, but you can't you don't get two wins for and I'm not saying the Knicks are going to do this, but if the Knicks go into Utah and beat Utah by 30 or go into Oklahoma City and beat Oklahoma City by 30, that's not worth two wins. It's only worth one win. So, like, because of the, the way the talent is distributed in the league right now and because the teams at the bottom have made such an overt effort to not have any win now or with some exceptions, much win now talent and the, the win now talent that doesn't exist on some of those teams, they'll probably get traded at some point. It, and because there's so much win now talent at the top of the and middle of the league, that's what it really is. It's not even the top of the league. It's the middle of the league, um, which is where the Knicks would have to make their bones if they were going to win 44 or 45 or 46 games. It would be like they would have to win the middle games. And that's going to be really tough. You know, because um, teams in the like, look at the teams in the middle. They're really good. I don't know, man. 43. If they win 43, God, what an accomplishment that would be. Incredible accomplishment. I'll say that. Um, good question. Jamie Lee uh, back for one more. I thought Mitch deserved a, around how much Gafford is getting paid. So Gafford, I believe, got three for 39. I forget if the uh, I always forget if the third year on Gafford's deal is fully guaranteed. Um, or did Gafford get three for 42? Now you're going to make me look it up. Um, he proved that he is in a different class to Gafford and that he's not overpaid. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Gafford contract was... 
kind of an overpay the minute it was signed. Um, and I think that raised some eyebrows, but I think it also didn't really raise some eyebrows because it was Washington and Washington has given out their fair of fair share of some of those contracts over, over the years. Um, but I think the more interesting comp for Mitch is where you look at what some more responsible teams have done with centers over the recent years. Like again, I, like uh, not Valanciunas, Stephen Adams, right? Just signed for for twelve million a year. Mitch is at fifteen million a year. Okay, so they're comparable offensive rebounders. Mitch is obviously a superior defender. How much more is his superior defense worth? Is it worth the three million more per year that he's getting? Is it worth the additional guaranteed year over what Adams? Uh, has now because now Adams is at three, Mitch is at four. Um, is it worth more than that? So those are the more interesting questions for me. I mean, you look at Robert Williams. Robert Williams was a guy in the finals that like there was a moment in the finals where people were like, oh my God, he's like the difference between the Celtics winning this finals and lose, losing this finals. He was that important. He only makes $13 million a year. Um, so you know, it's tough. It's tough. Depends on what contracts you look at. Gafford. Yeah, man, that, that contract is fully guaranteed. <sighs> Three for 40. That was a, that is a number. Anyway. Um, okay. Next up. That's it. Oh, we're done. Yeah. I did promise everybody in the chat though, that uh, if they stuck around to the end, I would give him a little special something um let's give him a sneak pre sneak peek at what kfs's uh imaging and graphics will look like on starting i guess monday if if you please uh john do the thanos snap so one two three snap your fingers i can't snap my fingers really yeah oh i didn't mean to like embarrass you like okay i can't um, whistle oh okay well i'll do I could, it then i could barely walk and chew gum at the same time you should have Gone for the head. Hey, there you go. I like that. So this is what KFS's new graphics package now looks like. So this will be on all the post games and all the the uh, the YouTube channel graphics. As far as um the podcast is concerned, all interviews on that. So there you go. I dig it. I dig it too. Shout out to uh, to XJ. He's been a uh, consulting every time I like. How's this? How's this? How's this? So, are you yeah. are you backing off your forty five win prediction? Or you're sticking. No. See, all of these teams that went all in, I agree with you. And like going through it today, it was the first time I was like, oh, that's how they only win forty games. But we were also being super pessimistic. We also didn't factor in any injuries. We also didn't factor in that. Like last year, nobody saw Portland just being like, nah, I'm good with winning. You know, I'm factoring in that there'll be other teams that show up that are like, all right, we'll pivot. And the Knicks I don't will not be one of those teams. I don't know about that. We, when we did our exercise and shout out to all of our patrons listening and anybody who wants to potentially become a patron, uh, you get these, the bonus episodes uh, if you're in the mellow tier or higher. I like to think that that's worth it. Um, Highly recommend it. Yes. We we penciled in Washington as like, oh, Washington will stink. 
so that's not what we did though. What we did was we like read how many games they play against each team, and it was like two out of yeah. three, one out of three, two out of three. Yeah, yeah. The Knicks on paper should take two out of three from the Wizards this year. Great. You know what the Wizards fans are saying? Oh, we should take three out of four from the Knicks. Yeah, well, I'm not crazy. saying that We're they're smart. Uh, okay. My my point, point is, is that... I also gave them four wins in the division. You gave them, yeah, and last year they won five games in the division, and I know they're better this year, mm-hmm. but but also you could argue that the but other the, teams in the division will be better. And I'm saying Knicks are one of those teams that got better in the division. I think, John, I think to their fault, they will try to win 45 games. The I think Knicks, they'll try to win 82 games. Well, yeah, I'm, duh. I'm obviously I'm saying to their own detriment, they will be not be one of those teams that will strategically pivot at a certain point. I just be, it's like when you're fighting your little brother and then all of a sudden you like ease up and then the little brother's still fighting. It's like, oh, we stopped fighting months Look, ago. What are you me, talking about? Let me and let me and I'll I'll put my final point on this by saying this. The play-in, I think, makes such a massive deal here with this mm-hmm. conversation, especially when you consider the teams that figure to be in play-in range. So whereas there has been some sentiment of like, oh, Charlotte will start to tank out or Washington may start to tank out or potentially like a Portland if things go really haywire or or Chicago, who you brought up on the pod today, like these teams will start to tank out. Okay, fine. Put all of not Portland, but put all of those other teams in the at some point they will start to tank. You know who's not going to start to tank Atlanta and Cleveland Mm -hmm. and the Lakers and the Kings. The Lakers and Kings are four games on the schedule. The, the Atlanta and Cleveland conversation is, is real. That's why I have the Knicks as a nine seed with you. And Okay, fine. The Nets. Yeah. They owe their pick. Oh, they owe their pick. Yes. Can we just... You have not said one positive thing about the Nets this entire offseason, whether it be analyzing what they'll be this year. Like, am I guaranteed that Kevin Durant's going to be healthy for that game? That's that's an organizational critique. They still have a lot of fucking talent. I agree with that. I mean, I will say today on Patreon, we did say they were one of the teams that could win the title given all the stars aligned. So listen, but that's that's my, my my point is that like, you're not getting like, like the, the top eight or top nine or maybe top 10 in each conference will stay sturdy throughout the entire year. There will be no gimmies in that range of teams. That's all I'm, you know. 45 probably is just my most optimistic one and uh, pardon me for wanting to believe in some things, John, after the tumultuous baseball season I just had. Um, I think the path to 40 wins is there and I think hundred percent. But I think the pat, like what the exercise we did on Patreon today, guys. If you're not on Patreon, please go check it out. We actually broke it down mathematically how the Knicks get to 40 wins. And when I was done, I was like, oh, that's how I lose my bet with all of our town haulers that said 42 are over, and I owe them something. I still think we did it just from a like worst case scenario standpoint. We're not factoring in like. I don't think either of us think 
that like they could go into a lot of these Western Conference teams and win. And what if they do? And that's what I'm factoring in. Competent point guard, point guard play and being deep enough to be one through 10 will help this team out. And not this is something you'll like. Competent head coaching as well will help them. The thing we haven't talked about once because it's it doesn't doesn't sell um, is how they went out there for the last four games and their defense looks like it's in midseason form. Mm-hmm. And I could pretty much guarantee you that if you watch any other preseason game for almost any other team, you're going to see a team, one team or two, more likely two teams where that is not the case. Bucks went 0-5 in the preseason this year. Well, they probably aren't trying. but Right. Like, but that's my point is that they're not going to be in any season form on opening night. They will be in opening night form. The well, Knicks- Defense. Yeah, but they also have a lot more talent and that and talent ultimately wins out. But but the fact that the Knicks do still have Tibbs as the coach and for better or worse, he is still good for a a baseline of consistency and competence and the whole thing where through two years, put aside the Randall thing, mm-hmm. which is we've just I never want to talk about it again. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's been pretty consistent. Um, you know, we'll see. I think 45 is the optimistic take. The over on 38 and a half but the is, that is the thing I'm more adamant but the about. Over. And as far as Tibbs is concerned, the the non Kemba Walker team that we saw last year was five was above five hundred, and now it's Jalen Brunson. Like that's that's more the calculation I'm making. Like yes, the East is better. Yes, there's not like Philly doesn't have one half of their big two missing for half the year. Brooklyn doesn't have a guy just deciding not to play home games. Um, like there's like Cleveland obviously got better. Atlanta got better. Like I get it. The East got better, which is why I don't have them higher than ninth. But I also, man, 82 games of competent point guard play between Brunson and whatever we get from Derrick Rose. And look, whatever we get from Mayo quickly, I think will make a big difference in like what we've seen the past three years. Your, your selling point for 45 wins is that even putting Brunson aside, it is not a stretch in the least to say Every single player on the Knicks roster this year will be better than they were last year. Agreed. And one can't be worse, but yes, agreed. But like it's, at, we should almost expect that all of them will be better this year. And there's uh, also no Alfred Payton. There's no like one person that we're going to point to and be like, he can't play. You know, there's, there's 10 people in this rotation. Like, granted, who plays when is going to be the. The conversation, but what I'm you, this is the what's up? They were 37 and 45 last year. 37 and 45. That's why the over being eight, 38 and a half. And I get it. Vegas doesn't Vegas sets a line and then just collects on who's betting the over, who's betting the under. That's more what they're doing. Um, the house always winning. Um, I don't understand how they're not two wins better than last season. I understand well, if they're not nine wins better, but I don't understand how they're not two wins better. Without without Kemba, they were uh, twenty one and uh, twenty four. Twenty one and twenty four without Kemba. Without Kemba, what were they after the All Star break? Although they were thirteen and twelve. 
which is that's the cal- uh, that's the calculation I'm making because some of those games without Kemba were COVID games in December when Omicron had uh, Damian Dotson playing games. Uh, well, the I mean, yeah, if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, so the the games that you're talking about, I believe, are the Oklahoma City game on New Year's Eve and then the Toronto game uh, one day after New Year's Day. Both of those games they lost by. Uh, 15 points. Yeah, there's other two random games. Wasn't there so, a game where what game did Damian Dotson play? I don't watch remember, but, if you, but if you just take out those two games, right, then that gets them to 21 and 22 mm-hmm. without Kemba, if you don't count those two. Would it make you feel better if I said 42 and 40? I think they're going to win 40 games. I think once you get me to 41, 42, I start to get a little queasy. Fine. 46. 43 is my ceiling. <laughs> 43 is my ceiling. Okay. Jonas Plout, before the season, I picked the Astros and the Dodgers. I have no reason to back off of that now. Okay. Yeah, that's what my we, World we, Series we, prediction was. That's enough. Um, we learned, we learned we have one, more, one more super chat. People what are mad it? that I have the Astros. I don't have... Listen, for all of you Yankee fans that were predicting the Braves, they're, the Astros are my... Are, the best team of the last 10 years. So it was a safe pick. Go ahead. Read the super chat. Adult donkeys, a time for turtles. Just the best name. Great stream. Thank you so much. Adult donkeys, a time for turtles. Mostly for your name. Yes. Okay. Uh, This has been fun. Andrew, thank you as always. And everybody, everybody. Yeah. Have a great weekend. We'll uh, next pod that's dropping is what? Um, Monday morning. Monday Although, morning. if you okay, yeah, I'll plug this. At Eleven o'clock on Saturday uh, is the latest morning. edition of KFS Study Hall with Sean and Chris. They will be on Twitter Spaces, the Knicks Film School account. Um, so jump on with them if you want to be on there live. If you'd rather listen to it later, the two-parter will be out sometime Sunday morning um, before football. So. And then John and I will be back Monday morning because Jeremy is still in, on vacation for a couple more days. And they'll be rearing up and ready to go with some with two guests, one crossover, one beat writer on Monday and Tuesday. And then the fun begins on Wednesday with the season opener. Giddy up, baby. I'm ready. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.